SEP Fanfic Readings presents Thanks to the Photographs by Unstable Hufflepuff Chapter 24 Forgiveness is Earned Ron and Lavender Weasley's cottage was a cozy place with comfortable furniture, throw blankets and children's toys everywhere, and a number of decorative pillows that even Pansy would find impressive. Hermione sat at the kitchen table, across from Lavender herself with two-year-old Rose Weasley at her side, swinging her sock-clad feet back and forth as she listened attentively. Poppy Weasley had been laid down for a nap in the sitting-room. "'I take it you read my letter?' "'Oh, yes, it was very enlightening,' Hermione smiled, taking a sip of her tea. The teacup was pink with daisies painted on it. "'I was hoping to further discuss a few of the things you mentioned. Before we get to that, however, how have you been?' Lavender glanced warily at Rose. "'I'm not so sure we should be speaking about anything of importance while she's in the room. She tends to pick up on the things she hears.' "'Oh?' said Hermione, her face the picture of innocence. "'Like what?' "'She keeps referring to Ron as the King,' said Lavender, glaring at Hermione. "'You wouldn't happen to know anything about that, would you?' Hermione nearly took another sip of her tea. "'That was petty.' even by my standards. I'm sure I don't know what you mean. Just then, Rose began humming the tune to Weasley as our king. Mm-hmm, sure. Lavender gave Hermione a wry look. So I hear it's official, you and Malfoy. That's right. And you're apparently friends with Pansy Parkinson. It's Pansy not now. Your life really hasn't turned out the way I thought it would. And whose fault is that? said Hermione and Lavender fell silent, going slightly red in the face. Her blush made her scars even more apparent, and Hermione sighed. "'Listen, Lavender, I didn't come here to argue with you.' "'You didn't?' "'No.' "'So you forgive me?' "'I didn't say that.' Lavender frowned at her tea. "'Forgiveness is earned,' said Hermione. "'Do you think you could manage that?' "'What is it you want?' "'I want everyone to hear the truth.' Lavender drew a shaky breath and looked up at her. "'And I want you and Pavati to help me tell it.' Hermione switched into the pocket of her coat, which had been removed and now rested on the back of her chair, and took out a folded piece of parchment. She unfolded it and laid it on the table. "'This is a list of things I won't clear it up.' Lavender pulled the list towards herself and scanned its contents. "'Ron won't go for this,' she said after a minute. "'Well, I'm not asking him, now am I?' "'I guess not. I just... I'm not comfortable going behind his back like this. There's a chance he'd admit to, you know, the way things really went down, but he would never go against his mum like this.' "'There was a time when I wouldn't either,' said Hermione quietly. She forced a sniffle, blinked rapidly, as though she were struggling not to cry. When she spoke next, her voice was purposely weak. "'I used to think of her as my mum, too. When I found out about my own parents.' She broke off, sniffling again. "'Hermione!' Lavender started, looking alarmed. "'No, it's—I have to get this out.' Hermione took a deep breath, wiping her dry eyes on the back of her hand. "'Molly was there for me. She told me I'd always have her and Arthur, and she was the first to turn her back on me. I can't just pretend that's okay any more. I can't keep pretending that they didn't hurt worse than even Ron.' "'I'm sorry,' said Lavender hurriedly, looking panicked. "'I understand. Please don't cry. I'll write to Pavati this afternoon, and I'll talk to Ron when he gets home. I'll make him agree. I will!' Hermione gave a final sniffle and smiled. 
Glad to hear it, she said brightly. Lavender stared at her. Did you just... Did you just pretend to cry? I don't know what you're talking about, said Hermione dismissively, getting to her feet. She grabbed her coat and nodded at the list on the table as she put it back on. I'm not willing to part with anything on that list. I want everyone to know that Ron cheated, that I didn't sleep with someone else until I found out you were pregnant, and that I had no clue who that muggle was, that nearly the entire Weasley family, everybody but George and Ginny, cut me out, and that Molly had you two get married on my birthday. You don't have to admit where Rose's name came from. She doesn't deserve that. Lavender gulped, watching her with wide eyes. You wanted forgiveness, right? Hermione pointed to the list. That is how you get it. Tell your side of the story if you'd like. You're not the villain here. But I'm done playing nice. She didn't wait for Lavender to respond. With a farewell wave to Rose, she swept from the room, eager to return to Draco. Christmas Eve was tomorrow, and they had some shopping to do. How the hell am I meant to shop for someone I only just met? I don't even know what her favorite color is. What if she's allergic to wool and I don't find out until she puts it on and gets a nasty rash? At the back of the rather posh boutique in London, Draco was on the verge of having a panic attack as Hermione calmly browsed the jewelry selection. He stood just to her left, gazing hopelessly at the clothing rack. How about this? she said, waving him over. She pointed to a dainty silver tennis bracelet within the glass encasement. I know she prefers simplicity when it comes to jewelry, and most of what she wears is silver anyhow. Draco came up behind her and rested his chin on her shoulder, studying the item in question. After a brief internal debate, he nodded decidedly. Yes, that'll do nicely, he said. And if she doesn't like it, I'll just tell her you picked it out. You, there, he added sharply to the nearest employee. Forgive my boyfriend's rudeness, Hermione told the rather irritated young man. I'm afraid he loses his tact when he gets nervous. We'd like to buy this one here. Of course, ma'am, not to worry. Relax, would you? she whispered to Draco, as the employee unlocked the encasement to receive the tennis bracelet. Everything will be fine. Draco nodded jerkily, not relaxing in the slightest. She reached up and ran her fingers through his hair in a soothing motion, and he soon let out a long sigh, his shoulders untensing. Andromeda already likes you. You don't have to try to win her over. I know. It just... it feels a lot more important now. Hermione laced her fingers through his as they followed the employee to the counter to pay. Once we've gotten Teddy a gift, she said in an undertone, why don't we have lunch at the three broomsticks? I think a butterbeer will make you feel better. More like a gallon of fire whiskey. You'll have butterbeer. An hour later, Draco sat opposite Hermione in a booth at the three broomsticks, sulkily sipping a foaming tankard of butterbeer and shooting envious looks at the burly man drinking fire whiskey at a nearby table. Hermione picked up a chip from the plate between them and tossed it at his face. "'It's one in the afternoon, Draco,' she said primly. "'Minerva would lose her mind if word got out that we were day-drinking in the middle of Hogsmeade again.' "'Very well,' Draco said, sighing in defeat. He stretched out his legs under the table so that they were entwined with her own. "'Explain those butcheries to me again.' "'They're called batteries. They supply electrical power.' A lot of things run on electricity in the muggle world, so every home has a pack of batteries on hand at any given time. The device wouldn't work without them. If we hadn't gotten those batteries, Teddy's gift would be useless. He nodded his head, looking thoughtful. Can an electricity device be charmed? 
Attempting to charm one normally ruins it, said Hermione. But we wound up with the Wizarding Wireless somehow, so I assume yes. Why do you ask? Would it be fucked up if we charmed the sheep-counting device thing to project wolves instead of sheep? That way, when Teddy can't sleep, instead of counting the sheep projected on his ceiling, he could count wolves. It may be a little fucked up, but I think it's sweet. And if he doesn't like it, we can always change it back. Hermione trailed off, her stomach twisting unpleasantly as she stared open-mouthed at the entrance to the pub. The Weasleys had just walked in. Molly and Arthur stood at the front of the group, looking just as she remembered them as they scanned the area for a table large enough. Bill and Fleur were just behind them, little Victoire perched on the latter's hip, and nearest the door were Percy and his wife, Audrey, and their own daughter, Molly. Hermione. Draco began following her gaze, but he fell silent when she rose from her seat. She moved almost drifting towards the Weasleys, a truly venomous smile playing on her lips. Molly, the elder, was the first to notice her, and she sucked in a deep breath, looking as though she'd just bitten into a lemon. "'Mrs. Weasley,' Hermione said pleasantly, coming to a stop and leaning up against the wall. She crossed her arms over her chest, smiling. "'Miss Granger,' said Molly shortly. She glanced around, brushing a flyaway hair out of her eyes. "'You know, I think it's a little too crowded in here. You're right,' said Hermione. "'Perhaps there's more room in the hogshead.' "'Yes, yes, perhaps there is. I suppose we ought to just—' "'We're not going anywhere, Mum," said Bill plainly. He nodded towards a table near where Draco was still sitting, watching them from over the rim of his tankard. "'That table there has plenty of room for all of us.' "'It's a bit stuffy, though. A little warm. Don't you think, Arthur?' Before Arthur could say anything, Hermione spoke again. "'It is, Mrs. Weasley. You should definitely go to the Hogshead,' she said, nodding in agreement. "'I wouldn't want you to feel uncomfortable.' "'Indeed. And the clientele, yes, the clientele at the Hogshead is much more appealing.' Bill scoffed, squeezing past his parents, and led the way to the table near Draco. The others close behind them. Percy offered Hermione an apologetic smile that was mostly a grimace as he passed. "'Bill! William!' Molly hissed, quickly looking around to see if anyone was watching. There was. Nearly the entire pub had fallen silent the moment Hermione approached them. "'Get back here!' Bill ignored her, taking a seat and waving to Draco, who just blinked at him. Molly huffed in annoyance. "'Fine!' she exclaimed. "'Arthur and I will have lunch on our own. We haven't had a date in a while, have we, dear?' She gave Hermione a fierce glare before huffing again, storming out of the pub. Arthur shifted uncomfortably. "'He's a good man now?' he asked after a moment of internal struggle. "'The Malfoy boy.' "'Yes,' said Hermione with no hesitation. "'He is.' "'And he makes you happy?' "'Very.' "'That's... that's good. I'm glad.' Arthur nodded to himself, his ears a little red. "'Well, I'll be seeing you. Enjoy the rest of your day, Hermione.' "'You too, Mr. Weasley.' He looked at her sadly. Arthur, please. It should always be Arthur to you. Goodbye, Arthur, said Hermione softly. Bye, dear, he said, and followed his wife out of the door. His shoulders slumped slightly in defeat. She watched him go, her eyes burning a little. When the door swung shut behind him, she took a deep breath and returned to her booth. Draco instantly extended a hand to her, and she grasped it gratefully. Hermione! A small voice squealed gleefully. She turned her head in time to see Victoire hopping off her mother's lap and running over, her silver-blonde locks bouncing. 
She climbed up onto the bench where Hermione sat and threw her arms around her neck. Hermione, I missed you! Hermione laughed softly, releasing Draco's hand and hugging her back. I missed you too, Victoire. Victoire drew back, pouting at her. You came to visit Teddy but not me, she asked petulantly. Do you love him more than me? Of course not, said Hermione, tucking one of Victoire's curls behind her ears. She smiled. I love you both equally. That answer did not appease Victoire. You should love me more, she said seriously. I'm prettier. That's mean, said an indignant voice. Hermione leaned forwards to peer over the edge of the table. Molly Weasley II stood with her tiny hands balled up into fists, glaring at Victoire. When she noticed Hermione looking at her, she hastily fixed her face into a smile. Hello, Hermione. I'm Molly. Hi, Molly. I know you don't remember me, but it's very nice to see you again. Hug for me, too? she asked hopefully. Hermione opened her arms in response, and Molly climbed up onto the bench, shoving Victoire aside so she could hug her. Victoire huffed, pouting again, and climbed over her to sit on Hermione's other side. "'Who's he?' she asked, pointing at Draco, who had been watching in mild amusement. "'That's my boyfriend,' said Hermione proudly. "'His name is Draco.' "'Hi, Draco,' said both Victoire and Molly. "'Your hair kind of looks like mine,' Victoire said abruptly. "'But mine is better.' "'That it is,' said Draco, smiling. "'I like him.' she announced to the table at large, and Bill chuckled from the next table, looking at her fondly. "'Me too,' whispered Hermione, giggling. She had an arm around each girl and felt all warm and fuzzy inside. She glanced up at Draco. He appeared to be incapable of hiding his smile, eyeing each child in her embrace. He met her gaze then, and mouthed silently, "'I love you.' "'I love you too,' she mouthed back. 